books are the plane and the train and the road. They are the destination and the journey. They are home. How Reading Changed My Life by Anna Quintlin. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and it's time for our usual Tuesday book review episode. But instead of reviewing one specific book about history, I want to talk about a broad category of books. I want to talk about works in translation, because one of the ways that we can learn more about a country or an era is by reading books by authors that aren't American, authors that are from those particular countries. It's not something we do enough. And yes, it does play into history as well, because you can both learn about the history of a country through fiction and through nonfiction. Well, today I'm going to give you a program of sorts that allows you to travel to these various countries in a systematic way. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So let's get started. We all know that books have a unique ability to transport us places we otherwise would never be able to go. Sometimes, as in the case of fantasy and science fiction, they transport us to places that have never existed until the author put them down on the page. In other cases, they can take us back through history to the Second World War, to the Renaissance, to the fall of Troy. There are any number of great travel books that can show us pictures and descriptions of countries that we may never see during our lifetime. One of the best ways to expand our often narrow view of the world is to see it through the eyes of someone else, someone from a different country, a different culture, a different background than we've ever been exposed to. Fortunately, we have more ability to do this than ever before because there are so many works in translation that are available that we never would have been able to find even a decade ago. The title of today's episode is Around the World in 80 Books. And I really wish I could claim credit for having invented that idea. I didn't. I found it in an online search. And there's a lot more than just one list. But I like the idea so much that I used it as a key point when opening my bookstore in 2016. We made a list of 80 books, one each from a different country, and encouraged people to travel through reading. Some of you may take exception with the idea that you don't read international authors. In 
maybe you have read quite a few. But if you think hard about the list, how many fall outside of Western Europe, Russia, and South America? Probably not many. And the majority are probably still Americans and Canadians. With, of course, the the classic British authors thrown in for good measure. Speaking of classics, that would be the category that many of the books that we read from Western Europe fall into. Cervantes was a great author, but he's been dead for 400 years. Alexandre Dumas may be the best-known French author, but he's been dead for 150. We won't get much of a window into the world we live in today from either of those great men, no matter how much you may have loved Don Quixote or The Count of Monte Cristo. Far better that you read the Cemetery of Forgotten Books series from Carlos Ruiz Zafon, the best-selling Spanish author since Cervantes, or any of the great novels, many of which are quite short, from Patrick Modiano, maybe the best French author living today. He had been writing for decades, and yet was completely unknown to Americans until he won the Nobel Prize for Literature a few years ago. A lot of times that's what it took, a major international award for the books to even be translated into English because there just wasn't a market for it. But there is a market today and any number of publishers, both large and small, have imprints specifically for works in translation. One of the best is Deep Vellum Books. You can do a Google search to find them. Don't confuse them though with Deep Vellum Books that's actually a bookstore. They started as one entity and then split off into separate organizations a couple years ago. Another great publisher of international fiction and nonfiction is Europa Editions. You can Google them as well. And while there's nothing wrong with choosing Tolstoy as a Russian author to read, or Jane Austen as a British author, it's also good to mix it up some with more contemporary authors from countries that you never would have thought of. Two of my favorites from recent years are Severina by Rodrigo Rey Rosa from Guatemala and The Curious Case of Dasukin's Trousers by Faoud Larousi from Morocco. I probably mangled his name, but you get the point. So what exactly is the Around the World in 80 Books challenge? Quite simply, it's to come up with your own list of 80 books from 80 different countries and start reading I could give you suggestions like My Name is Red from Turkey or Norwegian Wood from Japan. But part of the fun of the exercise is looking up books on your own, finding ones that speak to you 
rather than having something assigned to you. Any Google search of books in translation or books from Algeria or best foreign authors will give you a good place to start. Make yourself a list with the title, the author, and the country and travel it in whatever order you want to. If you've never read Gabriel Garcia Marquez's 100 Years of Solitude, but you've always wanted to, make that your choice from Colombia. If you have read it, find a different author. Be aware, however, that many international authors, particularly in South America, are far more political than even our authors have become in the few years since the 2016 election. But that can be a very good thing as well and can help with expanding the worldview that I talked about earlier. For example, you can read any number of textbooks about the Spanish Civil War, but you won't get the feel for it that you would get from reading Zafon's novels. You'll also find a need, in some cases, to research more about a particular event that you didn't know anything about. Armenian Golgotha can be a hard read at times, but it does tell us a lot about a genocide that happened in the 20th century that most people know nothing about. You may also find, as I did, that some of these books are just laugh-out-loud funny because the authors had to use satire simply because a straightforward commentary on the system under which they lived wouldn't have been allowed. Politics and social commentary aside, and don't get me wrong, it's not like all these books have that. The one thing you'll find is that they're great stories. Great stories that you've never heard before, or at least told in a way that you've never heard them told. And in a time when xenophobia seems to be running rampant across the world, these books can help you get to know someone that you might not otherwise know and maybe have a different view of the things you're seeing in the news. Read books from an Israeli and from a Palestinian, from an Indian and a Pakistani. And what you'll find is we're all pretty much the same, at least in the ways that really matter. The best thing about traveling around the world in 80 books you don't need a passport, you don't need your shots updated, and you don't need to buy an expensive plane ticket. All you need is a comfortable chair, a cup of coffee, good lighting, and a great book. Let's get traveling.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll go a long way towards helping us create more episodes and hopefully becoming completely ad-free. Thanks a lot.